This is the Anfield Wrap on City Talk 105.9. It is the Anfield Wrap, City Talk on a 5.9. Liverpool, it's been 10 days since I was last above you. Above you, most definitely not in a moral sense, and that's been demonstrated in those 10 days. Instead, just in a literal sense from the top of the tower, it is the Anfield Wrap. Neil Atkinson, opposite me, John Gibbons, Christian Welsh, and newly bespectacled, looking gorgeous, it's Rob Gutman. Uh, we're going to do, uh, do Ricky Lambert-esque talk in part one. We're going to do Lucas Lever-esque talk in part three. In part two, we're going to be talking to Tony Evans about his forthcoming book on the 83-84 season. The opening question, though, first and foremost, comes from Chris Chris Bell. <coughs> His favourite song is Do Ron Ron. Uh, Chris Chris Bell, <laughs> growing up, growing up, which international shirt was your favourite? Um, we'll go with leaning right in, Christian. You need to with these microphones, mate. Uh, we will go with Christian Welsh. Croatia 1998. Davos Suka. It's gorgeous. Heart, heartbreaking, Sendany, all that. Harlequin. Yeah, the Harlequin kit, mm. uh, the ch- ch- chipping of Schmeichel. I'm making it look like it's the easiest thing anybody's ever done. As if he was four foot not. <laughs> it is it's a superb choice. Like, like, like Daniel Sturridge squaring up to Andy Heaton. That's what it looked like. <laughs> uh, that's uh, and that was Davos Sucre on Peter Schmeichel. Um, okay, okay. Um, Rob Gutman, what's your favourite? Okay. My, my my frame of reference is a bit longer than Christian's. I'm ashamed to say. We're growing up. Still, no, it's still oh, the same. Yeah. We're three generations here. This okay. is going to work really well. Yeah. I've got, uh, I'm adjusting to these gigs here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not comfortable with my own skin. Um, there's, there's two. I'm going to pick two because one was uh, Liverpool. As a, as, a, as a youth growing up, I loved the Scotland kit because I loved Kenny and Sunus and Hanson. And, and it was a good kit back it then. It was an absolutely it was a boss kit uh, it was it was the contrast of the blue and the white but that badge was so strong the yellow and the red <laughs> it just made no sense against that but it was fantastic fantastic kit i had one of those but if i'm being entirely objective the one that's ingrained in my subconscious was the 1978 argentina kit where they all wore long sleeves mario kempes uh, embodied it long sleeve so the stripe ran right down the sleeve it was like glorious kit I think I'd wear that to a social occasion <laughs> if, if I was a tad trimmer <laughs> oh, okay. well Argentina never had a bad kit after you no true go on John well I mean when I was when I was very young it was the, it was the England 1990 kit I, I still think it's the best kit England have ever had I was 8 years old I had it the, the red numbers on the back really kind of set it off and yes indeed it's just, it's, the blue it's shorts sti- were terrific it yeah. was sleek it's, wasn't it it's it was still snug it's still a really, really good kit. And but then you had to admit, although they were the enemy, that West Germany kit's a bit special as oh, well. It's outrageous the nineteen ninety It, it shouldn't kit. work. <laughs> when, when someone was describing that in a meeting, they were like, No, just wait. Just wait till you see it. Those Callum. It was the it, it, it's the uh, the battle to hell um, <laughs> of kits. Shouldn't work this, but it's going. Well, Grand Meatloaf got an early reference. Won't, uh, be, won't be the last. Won't be the last. Uh, I'm going to go with because you've talked the West Germany one. It was sort of in my head. The one I will always sort of flamboyantly remember from a similar sort of period was Holland '88, uh, when people were doing all sorts of outrageous things, blaming things into back posts and winning every header in the world. The thing that I honestly, when everyone talks about Holland and total football, the thing I took away from 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 the Dutch side that one Euro 88 was my god they were big and good in the air they won every header that was absolutely going this wasn't free-flowing football of interchanging positions this was lads winning knockdowns I think it's had a profound effect on me which gets us perhaps sleekly onto Ricky Lambert um, except for the fact that Ricky Lambert doesn't win knockdowns does he Christian this is the point the point is that Ricky Lambert's been deep playing with pace around him now for two seasons yes it's not like he's co- he's coming from West Ham or Stoke Circus Tony Pulis he only scored one head of goal for Southampton last season. So, you know, out of 13. So, that's, so um, why are we getting him? Uh, Aren't all his England goals headers? 
All of his England goals were headers, but that, that's 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 in a different vortex, isn't it? Are you fuming <laughs> about this? No, no. You've, you've got I'm a not fuming. I'm just I'm just interested. What why are we getting in? There? I, I think he, I think he's played in a, a, a system that is similar to to Liverpool's, albeit not as good and nowhere near as effective. You know, if Alana does end up at Anfield as well, it's useful. If not, then you know you've got the likes of Sterling and Suarez and Sturridge who who play that high intensity, interchangeable football. And and for me, it's a way of. It's a way of Liverpool going plan B without directly going plan B. You're just making plan A a little bit different. So it's just like plan A and a half. Or you say that you've got plans A to Z anyway and this fella's going to fit in around plan S. That's my. That's genuinely my yeah. theory of what we saw last season. There's one way of playing. I don't think we're going to alter that, but we can now do a little bit of this as well. And he'll make a difference somewhere else. You know, it, it, Liverpool aren't going to be knocking it long aimlessly. He's just going to be in a different area than maybe Sturgeon Suarez. <laughs> I, I'm, Hit me. I'm entirely schizophrenic on this signing. I love a new signing, an attacking signing. I want to celebrate this, but something at the back of my mind is I've got a nagging doubt here. Um, it feels a bit plan B. It feels a little bit like Aspas. It's the first easy, cheaper signing of the summer. Whereas Neil and I have celebrated the famous four we want. The famous four who cost 20 million each-ish, who are absolutely the right on the money Gone, Neil. But I didn't want a centre forward in that list. No, you didn't. And I, I kind of wanted, I wanted a, I wanted a, a nascent Cristiano Ronaldo. I wanted a wide man who could, who could score goals. Who was, who would effortlessly. I mean, from, from the poor level of scouting I can do off YouTube and rumours that Rodrigo at Benfica, who's young, might have been that guy. There's a few others. Shakiri. Can you play that, Frank Christian? No, you please not more. really. No. Okay, we'll forget him then. Ignore ever said that. But. um I, Lambert, Lambert feels like a brilliant Rafa signing, a superb Julier signing. I'm, I, he also feels like a, a fantastic tail end of the transfer window signing. I'm, I'm nervous at, at this stage that he's that he's the first one, and I'm having a lot of problems talking to you through glasses, Christian, as well. For the first time. <laughs> Oh, you're coming doing, in and out of vision it's really doing... really strange I feel like I'm in space <laughs> what do you think I'm not sure either I know what you're saying about the he's played with pace but I don't think they break as quickly as we do I think they they look to slow it down and they look to slow it down through Lambert and we don't seem to have any interest in that whatsoever and maybe he's coming in as someone who gives us the option to slow it down but I don't think Suarez is going to be interested and I think he's going to do his head in and I, I, reckon, I, I remember when he used to play with Cattle, and I'm not comparing him to Andy Cattle. I know he's got kind of, you know, he, he's a bit more mobile than that. But I remember when Suarez used to pick it up and he used to break and he used to look at Andy Cowell and Andy Cowell would be still there. <laughs> I don't know what you would want me to do here, mate. And I'm just a bit worried that it's going to be, I, he's going he's to end up looking looking sort of out of place. And I know he, he's decent enough on the ball and I know he's from Kirby and that's great. And I know Kirby's made up and I don't want to dampen Kirby's spirits because they're delighted. God bless them. They all know him. <laughs> well, every one of them calling him Ricky. I made up for Ricky. Shut up. <laughs> I think he's. I, I think he's really good on the ball. The manager was praising him last. Uh, I'm not saying he's season. not good on the ball. Yeah, I think he's, I'm saying he's really good on the ball. I don't think. I think he's a really interesting footballer. Appears to have got more and more intelligence. Loads of assists. Like a mad number of assists. That when you've looked at the stats, there was this mad one going on today where I'm skeptical of how of what does or doesn't constitute X or Y sometimes. But there was something mad today. Like he played 93 through balls last season. Yeah. When Suarez has played 60 and Coutinho's played 65. Now, however, the counting that whilst I'm troubled with the concept necessarily of what does or doesn't constitute it's X, it's yeah, it's it's and, and, and it's attempted, and that's fair enough as well. But that shows he's used to have a movement going off him. And my other thing is, I don't really have a pro. Have a problem with him playing twenty games because that's all I see him doing. 
I, and I think that's all right. I think we need someone to come in and do that. We need that option of someone to come in I, and, and play well, the. Second. I am not. I'm not happy with that because I feel that's. I've seen that argument today. Like he's four million. He's a third. He's a third choice striker. That seems good. It feels too reserved goalkeeper for me. I want a lad who is going to come in and make Daniel Storage feel a little. I know. Feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think that's a terrible decision. Well, I know, and you think Daniel Sturridge doesn't need to feel uncomfortable because he floundered when he was uncomfortable. But uh, or Suarez, I think Sturridge Sturridge could be injured for a quarter third of the season. We've got a third more games anyway. I was looking at a Loic Remy, uh, some Euro guy I haven't heard but, of who had pace and dynamism. I, I wanted more of the same, but it's, quite frankly. Well, I know it's more I money. Understand, I understand more of the same, but what I'd say is you bring someone in like Loic Remy, he wants to play every week. And the point I think is, he can. But, but I, don't well, th- I don't think he can because then you're dropping one of these three lads who've been fan- three year world beaters. We play two up front, Neil. Remember this. I, we, we do and we don't. We, we shift around the place and we, I think we still look more comfortable, more comfortable at times when we're just playing one. But my thing about this that's is just a big argument. That's yeah. a big argument, but it's, it is an argument. But my yeah. thing about this is Daniel Sturridge. It's remarkable what Sturridge accepts. He accepts mm. that Suarez is better than him, mm. <laughs> and Sturridge is the best English centre forward in the country. He's the second highest scorer this season. He's one of the best five centre forwards of any nationality in the country, and he accepts he gets dragged on sixty-five. He takes it. He takes yeah. the fact that Suarez starts ahead of him. You want to make him uncomfortable by bringing someone like Loic Remy in behind him. You want to do that. I, I think one of the big things about Liverpool's season last season was how happy everyone was. Exactly. And how everyone knew the role in the yeah. team. And everyone knew where they were in the squad. This, this, this to me feels so a bit... So why have a striker that makes our seven signings instead of four? Sorry. Well, you, you're the you, Neil. You said four signings. Well, this is where but the, this I, is more like we're heading for six or no, seven. No, this is where, I, for instance, I think it turns into a question around Barini. Because my argument was you bring Barini back and he does this, and for me, we know Aspas is going. There's no real knock on for Sturridge or Suarez in this sign, and they're, they're going to remain being what they are in the hierarchy when we're playing two up front, and it's a big game. There are two. Hmm. The question here is now, what are you going to do with Barini? And there was rumours last week Barini is looking to move him on for a variety of reasons. Now, I didn't want to see that, but I think as long as he... I'd like to see the squad as small as possible. And if Lambert's Lambert and Barini isn't here, then I don't see how this changes things significantly in the, from, from that template. What's your front three with Lambert in it? Or, or your front two? Or what are you doing with him? That's I, think, quite, I can't quite figure it out. I think what you're doing with him is he's playing Saturday after a tough game on Wednesday. No, I don't care. I don't care about the game. I'm right. saying how are Liverpool setting up with Lambert in it? I think they're yeah. setting up that similar to the way in which. Go on, Christian. You answer the show and talk for ages, mate. I. It, it is a very good question. I, I think I you, you possibly go. <laughs> I think you possibly go. Um, if you look at it, maybe a diamonds, and you and you and you look at Sterling or Coutinho behind Suarez and. Um, Lambert and then do you think Suarez will enjoy playing with Lambert do you think he'll look, look to link up with him do you think he'll know what I he's think he'll about? try whether he does or not I don't know but I, I, sure I think try. He, I mean but Suarez, I, I, Suarez blossom next to Forlan and I know Forlan's that, a really good player but I but, but Lambert's again with all the, the, the all this talk of what he do, what he can do on the ball that he gets it he holds it he gets it into his feet he pops it off he moves it around it's not that different from what a 33 34 year old Diego Forlan was doing for Uruguay alongside Suarez it's more swashbuckle to Forlan though than Lambert Lambert's subtler because the blonde hair no he's <laughs> subtler Lambert's subtler than that and uh, well he's got some British attributes and he's subtler I, I, I think Forlan's got he's quicker off quicker off the blocks on five yards than, than a Lambert is and I think that would suit Suarez I don't think I don't think that well I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with shifting Suarez out wide necessarily for Lambert. I don't you think you take that. It's not. I mean, it's not a set oh, I'm position. Gonna play, I'm going to play left wing because Lambert up front. It's, it's not. It's not a set mm. position, though, is it? He starts out and then drifts inside, and the Lambert, the space Lambert creates is something that Suarez can run into. I think you'd go in the middle and tell him to get out left. <laughs> I've seen him do that can before. I put, <laughs> that wouldn't be a first time, would it? Can I put another factor in? There's 
if I'm being negative, right? And as I said, I love a striker. I love a signing. <laughs> but for those two to one side, stop getting giddy. There's there's a degree of the aspas about this. Was we've been linked to a lot of players. The first one that looks like crossing the line is the easy one, and. Is that, not, so is that I, not the nature of the beast, though? If well, it's, if it's the easiest, it's it, going to be the first. It might be, but I'd like to see the determination to, to cross the line with with the de, with the defining but, signings. And well, maybe well, that's all right. Sorry, let me change this. Would you have had Boney? Would you yeah. be happy with Boney? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, I think he's poss- I think he's coming up to his prime, so I think he's got a higher ceiling. A range of attributes. I think there's pace. Okay, can I ask you the question that John just asked me? Pace is key here. Can I just ask you, well, or can I ask you the question John just asked me? Mm. What does the side look like with Boney in? What's uh, the difference? And you just paid 18 million for this fella and I you expect to get I on the I don't pitch. think there's night and day between... The, well, Boney and Storage are different. Hugely but, different. Yeah, they are different, but I think uh, Lambert's another degree different f- from that. It's not, I, but the difference. I think Lambert's too subtle. I think he's crouching. Boney and Sponey. Yep. I think pace. Exactly. Pace, pace, pace. This Liverpool attack, Sterling, Suarez, Sturridge, it's all about pace. I don't think Boney's that. I think I think Boney and Lambert are closer than Power Boney and, and Sturridge. By the way, but I think Boney and Lambert are closer than Boney and Sturridge. And you'd have paid eighteen million for Boney. And he would have expected to play every week. He wouldn't be made up because he's from Kirby. You Four million, etc., etc. <laughs> you forced me into a bony corner. Like, to, I'll be honest with you. You'd have, had, you'd, have had Rem, you'd have had Remy ahead of Boney. Yeah. And you'd that's give, what you're saying. A, yeah, re- exactly. I'd have had Remy. The, from what I can tell, the Rodrigo lad at Benfica, who's all he's, he can play wide, he's about power and pace. I don't know. But, we're talking but he about wants his game every, seen a lot. But he wants his game every week. He wants. I'm not under, He wants his game every week. Well, but we've got there, two lads who get the game every week. Cause well, great. there's a third more games. Swa- uh, between Suarez and Sturridge, they missed. I think a quarter of our fixtures last season. So, and we ne- we never ever had a striker off the bench that went. You know what? Sturridge is floundering. Suarez is having a bad day. Let's put this lad on. There's enough games for a third strike. This is my biggest problem. I want th- City. Right, and we're not poor relations to Manchester City. Let's n- if we're champions elect, which I think we are, we're not poor relations. They have only Zeko took twelve months. Gu- what? Only took twelve months for you to say that. Go on. Yeah, well, I got there, didn't I? Go on. <laughs> well, now I'm there. Okay. <laughs> so Aguero and Zeko, they've got Jovetic and Negredo behind them. I don't just want the lad Southampton prepared to let go for four million. That's well, no, I'm being harsh. There's a gut part of me that doesn't want that. Okay then, that was good, wasn't it? Radio, that's people haven't made. Apart from that, yay, Ricky Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a great lad. Yeah, we I'm pleased him. for him. He could be. The other side is he could be new, new John Aldridge, couldn't he? And he could, and he can also it, score pens. It's similar to the Bellamy deal for me. The first time rounds where there's, there's an opportunity to get somebody, and you know you take a gamble. It might work. It might not. I, I, I think at that price, it's 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 certainly worth the gamble. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't preclude buying someone who can play play between the lines and can also play up front. Someone who can play wide and can also play up front. Yeah, there's it a lot more to come. There's a lot more to come. Indeed, there is a lot we more hope. to come. Well, on what more is to come then? And this is this is this is where, you know, I've got I've asked each of you in the uh, in the agenda before we got in this today to think of a big name player Liverpool can plausibly buy and make an argument for each one. Because I'm I'm sort of happy in my my argument that Liverpool should buy four really good players, but not necessarily any fantastic player, uh, because they've, they're already sort of fantastic players, and it's nice to get more really good ones. And Lambert's sort of in the bottom end of the really good category, but it's, it's interesting enough. So uh, I've told you the order I'm going to do it in. Rob, you, you you go first. 
Okay, of the ones we've been linked to, cost more than 20 million. Let's put Lalana aside. I really like the link to Alexis Sanchez. That appeals to me enormously because... Where's he playing? <laughs> all, all the positions across the front three. So he plays anywhere across the front three, yeah. and you're basically picking four, three from Suarez, Sturridge, Sterling, Sterling. and Sanchez. Yeah, boy, am I enjoying that. Too many lads begin with S, but we'll keep, we'll, we won't <laughs> use that as a rationale for saying if it no. Was, if it was a striker, it's and, and it's a bit crazy, and it's too much money, it's Balotelli. It's too crazy. I've said it. We've, the whole thing, on and this is my sort of team spirit thing, I think Sanchez would turn up and he'd wonder why is Daniel Sturridge getting played ahead of me, whereas we know why Daniel Sturridge is getting played ahead of him because he's brilliant. I kind of trust Brendan with that one. I think he well, knows, I, trust, well, I, I, I don't trust him so much in picking players. I trust him to integrate them, though. That's where I think he's brilliant. That's okay. why I think he's a genius. Uh, Christian? It doesn't have to be attacking. No. Javi Martinez. So you, you just go out, all out, Go for Martinez. I, I think Where's he playing? He's starting at centre back, and then what? Well, so, oh. so you're dropping, you're dropping Skirtle, you're dropping Sacco. Uh, well, he's a right-sided centre back, so you, you probably look at you know interchanging so with Skirtle. Is he, for, is, he, is he get me seven goals from set pieces? He's a tall lad. Is he get me seven goals from set pieces? Well, it's Skirtle next year though. Most definitely, he's getting eight, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you go with you'd, you'd you'd be that silky at the back. You drop Martinez in there to get his baptism of fire in this league. And then big lads coming up against him to win his battles. And then when the time is right, he moves into the hold midfield role. And can do that as the season wears on. Well, much, as the years wear on. How much money is that costing me? 25, 30. 25, 30. Is it plausible enough? There's been links in in papers which in you the know popu- I, in the popular it, press. Yeah, I wouldn't you know I, I wouldn't exactly hang my hat on it, but you know. <laughs> Okay. Javi Martinez is. Too. I, I don't think. I don't think he's had a great season at Bayern. I think he could. He, he could do with a bit of reinvigoration. So and we know we do that for him. He'd be getting reinvigorated everywhere by Gabby Abgonlahor. Um <laughs> John, <laughs> all over the shop. He'd be getting reinvigorated. Uh, John, who are you going with? Tony Cruz. I'm pushing the plausibility, but I think it's plausible. Oh, thanks. Plausible. Okay, well, I'll go. Where's with he it playing? Then. He's, him he's, as well. He's playing uh, where Coutinho is. So he's playing at the apex of the diamonds, or playing where he, either the apex of the diamonds or one step back. Probably so one step right. back. I'm probably playing a four-three-three, and he's me attacking midfield. Doing so you go with Gerard Henderson, Cruz. I think so, yeah. And then Coutinho's dropping down to the bench. I think so. Well, I mean, I'm not starting the same team every week. I'm mixing it up. I'm playing in Europe. You've got I, options, haven't you, John? I've got, I have got options, and I'm pleased. It's a lovely team, but, John. but I, but I love I love Tony, and I think to has be he honest, got goals in him. Yeah, has, has he, he got goals in him? A reasonable amount. <laughs> we all just look at Christian every time this comes up. <laughs> Even when you're not on, I'm like, where's Christian? <laughs> He's robust. He's got a pass in him. He's brilliant. Yeah, has, he got, think, has he got goals? I think I think we'd really add enough. goals to any player, and I think well, we haven't added them to Coutinho. I think I think he, I think that'll eventually come with Coutinho, and I think I think I think Tony I think Tony's got a reasonable amount. <laughs> toe, as we call him, big big toe. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think there's, there might be a bit of an angling for a contract, but he, he looks like he's he, he's he's got, he's got two it. in twenty nine games last season playing yeah. for Bayern Munich. Who were good at goals? And they weren't that good. They were pretty good. They were they, right. they, they, were, they weren't quite as good as us, but I'd say they were like ninety five percent as good as us. We, we'll kick him on. We kick anyone on. We kick anyone on. That is the Anfield Both, including uh, Ricky Lambert, <laughs> including including Ricky Lambert. Uh, first place in this discussion. I'm going to give it to, uh, to Javi Martinez. Uh, Javi's going to get first place. Second's going to be Alexis Sanchez. Third's Aww. Ricky Lambert. <laughs> fourth is two goal Tony Cruz. Wait this till is, he goes to Chelsea next year. I'm going to be devastated. I'm going to be devastated. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap City Talk 105.9. After the breaks, Tony Evans, and my God, I hope he's brought his shooting boots. The Anfield Rap on City Talk 105.9. 
We're back into the Anfield Rap City talk on a 5.9. We've got Tony Evans joining us now on the line. Tony, opening question from Chris Chris Bell. Uh, poor relation of Alexander Graham. Growing up, which international shirt was your favourite? Oh, Peru. <laughs> Peru. 1970, 1970 uh, 1978 as, as well. But um, and, and Kubias, he was the first one I ever heard of where they used the, the phrase banana shot and he could curl the ball and I'll tell you what with those dirty big heavy cases that was no mean feat imagine what he'd do with it now oh, of predators on him yeah. <laughs> one of them balls do a full circle wouldn't it <laughs> like a boomerang hit him in the jacksy <laughs> it's probably for the best hey Tony, I don't know what it is, but I love it. Let's talk about it. The new book that's out now, you've written on 83, 84. Uh, first and foremost, it needed writing. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a year that often gets overlooked. You know, it's, um, and even at the time, like the, um, the, the praise that came to Fagan and the team was, was very, oh, you know, it was uh, very mealy-mouthed. You know, it was, uh, oh, you know, they were negative and bad for football. And it was rubbish. It was, you know, and the thing is, it, it was also a year when we won a treble. And it was the lowest gate since we'd come up from the um, second division. And it, it's it's one of those strange years which everyone seems to like sort of sweep under the carpet, and and clearly it was overshadowed by what happened the next year. But it was a genuinely great feat with genuinely great players. I mean, it's part of the reason I've read that I've read the book. So uh, uh, people of Liverpool, I'm slightly ahead on you of you on this. It's part of the reason for that. It comes through repeatedly. It's very much an outcomes versus football sort of season, isn't it? This, these lads, they won these three trophies, but you know, repeatedly you've got Fagan saying, you've got Sunes saying that you know the. They, they, they hadn't impressed, they hadn't been fantastic, but they just consistently ground the way to what Silverware was. Yeah, it, was, it was, wasn't by any stretch of the imagination the best team, uh, Liverpool team of the era. You know, the 78-79 team were brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, then you know, you've got the Dalglish team, the Burns and Beardsley team was stunning. This was a team in many ways in transition and, and in decline. And, well, not quite in decline, that, that's the wrong phrase, but they were certainly in transition. And, but but they, they did it through strength of character. You know, it was um, it was just it was just a, a magnificent from Sunessa tour de force. You know, the whole season, and and the yeah they had the, they had the ups and downs, and in many ways that's what makes it such a, a good story. The um, you know it, it was a bumpy all year. Was yeah. it, and you know, the, at one stage they look like they were going to ra- run away with it, and then they go to Coventry and get stuffed four 0 Yeah, well, it's things like things like that all the way through. I mean, what is it? In your eyes, as someone who's you know who's been around for as long as you have, and you've written this book now, is it the greatest feat of captaincy in the post Shankly era? Without a doubt, Sunes is for you know we, uh, what happens afterwards. I, I tried to blank off completely uh, when I did this book because I had to try and see him through the eyes of 1984, 1983, 84, and Liverpool have never had a better captain. And uh, you know, you talk about a man who dragged the team along at all the moments of crisis. He stood up strongest. And and he just held everything together, and it, it's it's it, it's an unparalleled feat of captaincy, as far as I can see. Tony, it's Rob, Rob Gutman. Hi, Rob. I tell you, mate, I I remember, I totally agree with you. Obviously, I was around at the time. I was uh, seventeen, coming up for eighteen at that time. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe me, it had a just bigger, a kid with a crazy. Gene. It had a big, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was all over the place, but it had a big effect on me, and. The interesting thing was that Sunis had been a mainstay since 78 and 84 is six years on. It seemed to all come together in the 83-84 era that people suddenly around the English football media in Europe started to go, 
hang on, this may just be the best midfielder in Europe. And it was a, it was a bizarre sort of late awakening to that. We'd had so many great players, we'd achieved so much, and yet it was only then that they awoke to it. And then we found out he was going to Sampdoria and we were all gutted. Yeah, and what the thing is, Kenny caught the eye, didn't he? You know, whenever yeah. you watch Liverpool in that period, you know, Kenny Dalglish, you just couldn't take your eyes off him. He did things that, you know, would never seen anyone do. He, you know, he made everyone better. And it, sort of for a long time, I felt like Souness was the junior partner in the, the relationship, but he wasn't. You know, it's just that Kenny did the flashier things, you know. When, when um, if anyone had to get Dan's dirty, or in Souness's case, bloodied, you know, that was the man to do it, you know. It's, um, so, yeah, and it, it, more than anything, because the problems that Fagan had in blending the midfield together that year, because Ronnie Whelan was injured for a long time. Um, Craig, Kenny, Kenny, Craig, Kenny himself was in and out, wasn't he, Tony? Both in, in terms of his level of form, where he was playing, and his injuries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we were without Kenny for over two months, you know, after Kevin Moran broke his cheekbone and. Um, on, on the 2nd of January. Um, so, you know, and soon I stepped in to, to fill that vacuum, you know, uh, in, in a year when Kenny wasn't at his best and and was just absolutely magnificent. But in the years before that, you know, it's, um, he, he, he'd always been the man who made the midfield tick. He, you know, he, he could do everything, you know. Uh, we had Paisley who said he was three players in one. He could break things up. He could, he could pass the ball. He could pass the ball like Glenn Hoddle. And, you know, and, and he could tackle like Tommy Smith. And that's one, one hell of a package. Tony, I, I, Rob again. I, I, Kenny's contribution that season is it was interesting for me because in the autumn he reached almost, I, I felt, a zenith of appreciation. He scored that, that, that curling shot against Arsenal in the 2 0 win there. And I, well, yeah. as memory serves, he also had an incredible performance for Scotland against Spain, where he did a very, it was a very similar goal. And he'd, he'd been maligned for Scotland because there'd been so much expectation on him, but he was really beginning to deliver at a high level in his, uh, in his uh, twilight years, supposedly. Uh, and I remember having watched Liverpool from, from, from a kid to that era. When Kenny went, I was there that day at Anfield uh, on the cop when uh, Kevin Moran did Kenny's cheekbone in. It was the most crushed I ever remembered a cop, and it's something that stuck with me for years to come, actually, until Hillsborough was another subject. But um, the way we, we, I think we were at Kenny for 10, 12 games. That's what it felt like after that. And I thought I was watching a different Liverpool there. We really had to dog it out for a period of time. It wasn't this... It showed, I know we've talked about Kenny's dip in form, but it showed that Liverpool weren't Liverpool without Kenny Dalglish in that period for me. Yeah, and remember as well, a month later after the uh, Brighton game, uh, Souness was out for a month. So, you yeah. know, that, that meant Sammy Lee, um, Ronnie Whelan, um, uh, Steve Nichol, and Craig Johnson, you know, they, they, they had to really dig deep. And, and it was their, it, you know, their mental strength and their attitude is one of the things that come, come through for me in, in, in talking to them. You know, um, you talk to Steve Nichol, and he's just like, well, you know what? Losing wasn't an option. That's what we, we didn't do that. <laughs> we won. <laughs> That's what we did. And, you know, and there's, there's a matter of factness about it. And you know, the just the, the 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 mental strength of them that come that was that was fed down from them from from Shankly and from Paisley and then Fagan was just it's just enormous. You know, when you one one of the great joys of doing this book was was talking to the players I talked to and 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 heard them with just the, the the attitude and you're like, oh my god. 
let's just hope that the, the lads today have got like a tenth of that strength of purpose about them. The one you the, mentioned there, there uh, Tony, was Ian Rush, and it's a huge coming of age season for him, isn't it? He'd had a, he'd had a good year the year before, but without <clears> Kenny for a period, without Sunes for a slight period in there, you know, he, he turns up and scores forty nine goals. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's one of those strange things. Which I, I look back on, on the book, and you know, the, the, a man who scores nearly fifty goals, and yet he wasn't the hero of the the season. You know, it's uh, amazing. He, he was just. He was on fire. I remember him um, freezing Friday night at Villa Park because um, that was it was the first year that they did tele- televised games on Friday night and Sunday, and it was absolutely it was a terrible night. And we went one nil down, and then Rushy come back and scored a hat trick of such beauty. It was unbelievable, and and he was a player absolutely at the peak of his of his powers, and no one could stop him. And everyone said, you know, would he be the same player without Kenny Dalglish? Well, there was a simple answer to that, wasn't it? Yeah, he was the same player he would have scored against anyone at any period playing alongside anyone Tony for me that year he came of age as a European striker yeah Although Liverpool were inconsistent in the league and sort of in a way we, we felt like we fell over the line a bit and used our experience. We had a Ronnie Rosenthal that year in John Walk that people have yeah. forgotten a bit. But Ian Rush that year and Liverpool in Europe that year, away from home were a bit special. And there were three performances that st- stuck with me. Bill Bow away and Bill Ballets. They were like Atletico are this year. It was, yeah. it was a big one. People didn't fancy us, quite frankly. And we went there and got a 1-0 win. I think having drawn 0-0 at home and it was a major yeah. result we then went to Benfica having gotten a narrow 1-0 win at home and won 4-1 and Benfica are a big big side you know it's like winning 4-0 at PSG today if, to, to give people perspective and then yeah. I think it's, it's Bucharest in the semi-final again I was at Anfield when Sammy Lee uh you know, very, very surprisingly scored the headed 1-0 winner. Again, we weren't fancy. They were seen as the crack European outfit, to use the expression of the day. And again, we won 2-1 against the odds. We were so resolute and powerful away from home in Europe that year. Yeah, and, and the Bucharest game in particular stands out for a couple of reasons. We've gone out three times in the previous few years to Eastern European opposition. And then, and so the, and Bucharest were a good, good side. And then soon Esperuk, their, their captain, their captain Captain's jaw at Anfield. I remember. And um, and, you know what? I was standing in the cup that night and I didn't see it. All you saw was like, you know, uh, Mavila lying down on the floor and um, and soon as about 30 yards away, looking sweet and innocent and then gesturing to the (laughs) referee of his watch, like to the referee. a two inch punch, like a Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, so again, talking about that was was brilliant because, you know, it's uh, Champagne Charlie's um, rather unrepentant about it all. And, but then he went to he, he, he went to, uh, to to Bucharest to Romania and then ran the gauntlet there and that performance there was just unbelievable because the, you know Bucharest just tried to kick them off the park they tried to maim them and um, it, it was it was one of those one of those nights where it was like you know the, the cliche is you know men you won in the trenches with you uh, well you know those boys were, were were fought every inch of the way and. Those those three European performances, as you rightly say, Rob, were just they they, they were just 
towering, you know, to, and then to go to the Olympic Stadium and beat Roma at home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding that back, Tony, because we're doing a talk at, at Waterstones on Tuesday the 3rd of June. Uh, next Tuesday, Waterstones in Liverpool 1. It's £3 a ticket. If you'd like to come, and we're going to talk, obviously, at length about the final there, 0151-709-9820. So 0151-709-9820 if you want to get tickets for that. It's only £3 a ticket. The book's available on uh, Viking Press, which is an imprint of Penguin. We're overwhelmed with really good writing, I think, around Liverpool Football Club at the moment. There's loads of people doing fantastic stuff. This book, I've read it. It's one of the very, very best things that's out there. I can't recommend it highly enough. I don't know what it is, but I love it by Tony Evans. So you want to get on that and come and see us on Tuesday night. People should definitely come, shouldn't they, Tony? And we'll go for a pint after. Oh, we'll definitely go for a pint. There's, there's no doubt about that. It'll be a, it'll be a good night. And, um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, great memories for, you know, sort of 30 years ago now, I was up outside the ground and it was it was deserted. There was no one outside except scousers. And it was really eerie. We weren't prepared for what was going to happen over the next few hours. Brilliant. And, uh, and it could get a bit chaotic like that on um, Tuesday night. Yeah, you know, you never know your luck. So come to Waterstones in Liverpool 1. They won't know what's hit them. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I like it by Tony Evans. After the break, we're going to be talking about Lucas Leiva, Brazilian saviour. The Anfield Wrap on City Talk 105.9. It's the Oh, well, it's the Anfield Rap City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson, John Gibbons, Rob Gutman, and Christian Walsh. We're made up Christians come in today. We wanted to talk about the brilliant thing you did in the Echo. I mean, it's, it's a big collaborative echo, uh, effort at this, isn't it? It's, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's this thing which integrates uh, audio, video, uh, text. It looks absolutely fantastic in there. It's uh, obviously it's profoundly influenced by the Anfield Rap magazine, but um, you know, it's it, it is it's but a big it's, out. it's a bit but it's out. It's a big collaborative effort, and there's loads going on. I mean, are you happy with the response? I am. Yeah, it, it went down. My worry was sort of two weeks after the season's over, Liverpool haven't won the league mm. at the end of the day. And, you know, how, do people want to be reminded of this? And <laughs> talk, talk to me about this, Christian. <laughs> Christian we're writing a book. <laughs> we can't get it out quick enough. Go so, on. you know, you don't want to linger on it too much. But, you know, I think it's the type of season... You're too Christian. Don't talk it down. <laughs> it's the type of season which lends to this sort of thing. It's, it's, it's very innovative. It's very, um, you know, I can't take any credit by the words, which aren't very creditable at all. Credible don't at talk all. yourself down, Christian. It's excellent stuff. It, it, well, thank you very much. It's um, It was just that sort of season. Season, wasn't it? Well, and it needs this sort of platform to, to tell the story. It, well, it's, I mean, it's lfc.liverpoolecho.co.uk if you haven't seen it. It shows a boldness, I'd say, that's perhaps unfairly rarely associated with the sort of local media stuff. But this is this is what the Echo is doing really well at the minute. The, you know, it's uh, the importance of the Echo is massive at the minute, I think, to the city. There's obviously the inquest stuff, but there's a genuine, g- genuine push to really sort of get into both sides, both Liverpool and Everton, in terms of coverage. Yeah, I mean, the news reporters for the inquest have been absolutely phenomenal. You know, it's, it's it, the credit to the city. Um, in terms of the digital output for Liverpool and Everton, you know, yeah, it, it you know, I, 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 myself and uh, somebody else, Dave Triggs, we were sort of brought in to, uh, to, to help that. And uh, you know, there's a lot more stuff going on. It's you know, today there was something on about Ricky Lambert and the five things he could bring to, to, to Liverpool. And, you know, likewise Everton, it's, it's. Um, it's going down really well. We've got a lad called Joe, Joe Rimmer, who does uh, live blogs every day as well. So it's 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 uh, it's it's really going well. 
Excellent stuff. So it's lfc.liverpoolecho.co.uk. You can spend a good three quarters of an hour working through it, and that's more than enough. Uh, speaking of our book, uh, don't forget about last season. It was great. And, um, <laughs> and um, if you've got any more pictures from anything during the season, wherever you were in the world, uh, champions elect book at gmail.com. You can get us there. Do send them over. We're not done yet. Champions elect book at gmail.com. Uh, tonight in Motel Terry, Christian is talking aloud in a very, very funny manner. If you've got the opportunity to make that, please do so. Uh, Lucas Labour, then, gentlemen. Lucas Labour. The spirit is willing. Uh, John Gibbons, is the flesh too weak? I think it depends what you're asking him to do. I think if you expect him to pay forward of Gerard, like we seem to expect him to last season, uh, for any conservative period of time, I don't think he can do it. If you just see his role exclusively as Gerard's understudy, then I think he probably can. But then you're probably looking at needing another midfielder. Christian Walsh. I think I go along with that. I, 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 I feel like when Liverpool utilised that diamond and you've got Gerrard sitting there and then the, the two players ahead of him need to be able to get forward and back. They need to have a really short turn and circle. They need to be able to, to have that dynam, dynam, dynamism in them, which Henderson's got, Allen's got and is improving all the time with. I'm not sure if Lucas at 27 and a couple of bad injuries has that that the, the the ability to improve on that. He had a couple of good spells towards the end of the season, Rob. But it, it looked like you know it's it's going to be difficult for him to play in the same side as Gerrard's. The pair of them, there's basically what Gerrard's doing. He needs three midfield runners ahead of him, and then arguably two forward runners, if not, and and fullbacks getting beyond. You know, it does look as though it's game by game. It's Lucas or Gerrard, and given what Gerrard gives you with uh, with the balls his feet specifically from set pieces but also spreading the play and shifting it round and also the fact that Gerard can beat a man which Lucas can't being yeah. honest you know it it is going to be it's going to be Gerard 45 times out of 60 yeah there's no yeah there's no there's no comparison between the two players as they are at the moment uh, due to Lucas's injuries there's no comparison between Lucas I think and the players are, um slightly further up the pitch it's a, it's it's a shame and it's a uh, I I tend to think if we were looking at a squad of sort of endless endless depth, you'd you'd persevere with Lucas. But <clears throat> we've all talked about keeping a tight uh, team team spirit, tight squad together. So to me, if something has to give, it's Lucas. If you can find a better player, the one we've been linked with, I like the profile of. It seems like a the, the radical shift, Emre Khan. Uh, Chan Khan, I don't know how you pronounce it, but he's 20. He's got a Vieira Yaya Torre body shape to him. Um, he's, he's six foot two, I think he is, Christian. You yeah, he's tell a, me. yeah, he's a he's a big unit, and um, <clears throat> and and fast, and, and with a range of midfield roles to, to his game. So I I think it's time to move on from Lucas. Yeah, but you mentioned squads, you mentioned team spirits, you mentioned togetherness, and a, t- mm. and a tight squad and a tight knit unit. He appears to be very very important for the South American contingent in that dressing room. He throws the barbecues. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the guy at the at the centre of the sort of uh, the Instagram and the and the selfies and the and the Facebook stuff. They all seem to love him. We all love him. He's a really really nice guy and he's a good player. And I wouldn't like to lose him lightly. Uh, but let's see what happens during the course of the summer. I don't I don't think unless the the the, the bid was like ludicrous from someone like Napoli, like ten twelve million. I wouldn't want to lose him too cheaply. I think there's a job to be done. I like the idea. I can imagine the idea. We're away in Europe. There's twenty minutes to go, and you want to shore things up, and you want a twenty minute energetic defensive performance. I think you could do that. That may be a luxury too far for us at the moment. I wonder about this luxury too far thing, Christian. This this straight. It's to be honest with you. I do feel as though I'm. I don't know. I've not seen. Chan play so I can't comment particularly but I do feel as though that holding midfield role it's 
mostly you, it's nice to have a special to feel as though you've got a specialist in there to do it. It's nice to feel as though that's in the squad. You're not gonna you're gonna struggle unless you, that the, the dream Javi Martinez thing comes together. You're gonna struggle to get someone in unless they can also play really well somewhere else. Who's gonna be able to do that and, and keep Gerard playing? You know, are we maybe in a situation where Lucas is the best we can do? I, I think that's I think that's quite possible. Um, you know. It's, stick he, or, it's very stick or twist the Lucas Labour conversation. What I, will, I, think. What, I mean, what I will say is that he, he's going to have a hopefully he's going to have a good summer behind him. Uh, uh, you know, if summer not, not interrupted with uh, uninterrupted, no no injuries and whatnot. No you World know, Cup. no World Cup. Um, you, you know, he, he, I think you can overstate that, that he wasn't terrible in that position, slightly ahead of Gerard. He was good at West Ham. He was very good at West Ham. Norwich was not so good. Um, and I was off the bench against West Ham, though, wasn't it? It was 45 minutes, yeah, though. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, but 40, I think 45 minutes is about his limit there. I, th- I think, I think there's facets of it working, you know, for 45 minutes. Say, what you've got to say is, you know, Allen can do the job better. Henderson can do the job better. Do you want to get someone else in who can do the job better? And if that's the case, then he's the fourth choice. To play ahead of Gerrard. To play ahead of Gerrard. That's second choice. Right. And that's, and that's, you know, Coutinho, who, who probably play there more than... More than he will, and possibly even Alana if he came, you know. So, yeah, nailed it there. That's it. He basically fourth choice ahead of Gerrard and second choice. And if a, if a big came in from a, a club, I suppose that's what Liverpool will have to weigh up. And always talking about value in the market and whatnot. That's what they're going to look at. So uh, go on, John. I was just going to say, but how many of those that we've discussed would be suitable if Gerrard was out for any period of time? I'd say Alan. But it's just him, though, isn't it? Really, I'd be worried. I'd be dead worried about Alan at the base of the midfield because you've got to be able to win your defensive mm-hmm. headers in this league. If, if we were, if we were in another league and it was, you know, Christian, that's my worry is you've got to be able to win those headers because the lads will just come and stand on your toes. I, I think w- so. I would just dare quickly. I wouldn't say Chan is a, a holder either, though. To be honest, well, I think I think that, that I'm going to keep calling him Khan, even though you're probably right. I I, I don't think even if you get Khan in, that you say, "Oh, Lucas, out straight away." I think you'll need time to adapt. You know, as you say, you, you might not end up playing the position you think you do. Apparently, he's, he's a decent fullback, and you know you might want to look at him there and things like that. So, I think I, I I personally hope we get him. Although I don't think he will. I think I think he wants to go back to Bayern next year, but that's just a hunch. Um, I, that's nothing to particularly hurt. But I think I think even if he does end up coming in, I think I think I think Lucas is still alright for, for another even six months, even until January. Then if he's not getting any games in, you know, he's no use here. Then you can you can have a look at him shipping him then. Looking at Liverpool's transfer strategy this summer, there seems to be a movement. <clears throat> Last season we talked about a movement towards. Uh, Personality, captaincy. I think we we looked at Colo Torre and Aspas, who'd both been captains early on in the transfer window. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, who else we even considered, but it felt like it felt that way. This this summer, it feels like there's something about height going on. I think Ricky Lambert six two six three, uh, Emery six two. Christian's correct to me. I think Emery Khan Chan is six one six two. Fullback's not a big though, is he? Marino? No, no, no. But Five, De- De- uh, Lovren, who very very consistently linked to, is another six foot. Two, uh, Christine's confirmed. You. So these are bigger lads. We're we were quite a small team last season. Let's yeah. be right. We were quite a small team. There are bigger lads, and I, I have a hunch. Brendan looked. At, I remember looking at the City game actually on uh, Boxing Day. I think it was, where we bossed them for most of the game. But there's a point at which their physical presence seemed to tell with Fernandinho and uh, Yaya Torre in the middle and and, the, and company at the back. And I, I just sense that Brendan thinks we need that option of, of power, of height and physicality. Okay, six million quid on the table, yes or no? Uh, no, I would say. You would say no? You, you keep him for the squad for the rest of the summer? Yeah. Six million on the table, yes or no? No. Rob Cupman, six million on the table. I'm thinking about it at that level, but I'm not sure. You're not sure? No. Ten, eight, nine, ten million, yeah. 
Okay, then that's been the Anfield Wrap this week. Listen, get yourself along to come and see me and Tony Evans next Tuesday at Waterstones. It's been a fantastic week. Thanks to John, thanks to Christian, thanks to Rob. Let's hope Liverpool keep doing transfers on Thursday and spreading them out. This is the Anfield Wrap on City Talk 105.9.